Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my god, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying, I can fly, I can teleport, and I can fly! Super senses! What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zom Rom Com, Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And joining us today from the Mad Max Minute, we have Rick and Julia. Welcome. Why, hello. Hello, hello. Thank you Happy for having have us. You. <laughs> no, not a problem. And uh, today we're going back to Minute 79, taking a bite out of rather, which starts <laughs> with uh, Dave pointing the rifle at Sean's mom and uh, ends with... Uh, with Liz telling Dave that she knows that uh, he's in love with Liz. What? Uh, <laughs> no, I think you mix the names up. Die, die, die says that she knows. Sure. That she's well, they're in love all such they're yeah. all such deeply different sounding names. That sometimes it's uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just great one syllable names. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is um, this is the beginning of our of our uh, sort of you know Mexican standoff. Uh, thing this sort of uh you know it, it's actually i mean it's kind of like a i guess it's like a tarantino kind of probably tarantino kind of thing is what sort of the closest to reservoir dogs that things get yeah yeah um but uh it's intense it's it's definitely i mean we've been building up to this we were talking about how sad the death of barbara was uh and now we're going from sad to anger uh 
and uh, just we're we're just making our way through the uh, <laughs> the steps <laughs> to acceptance. Uh, and Sean is uh, refusing to believe that Barbara's going to turn into a zombie, um, which is, I mean, you know, I get it. You're upset. It's your mom. Yeah. You know, the theme of this minute, I think this minute has a lot to say about maybe not specifically men, but just people and how people interact with each other. Mm -hmm. If anyone who I remember when I was in high school and I first started being like, wait, this is shitty. And it's this type of like guy logic where if I'm right, it matters zero percent how I say it. What matters most is that I'm right. Yeah. And yes, David is technically correct. You know, Barbara is going to turn. It's the smart thing to do, the right thing to do even, to put her out of her misery before she hurts someone else. But he's doing it in such a shitbag, <laughs> fuckhead way <laughs> that everyone immediately turns against him. And he's just like, well, I'm just being honest, which is like every fucking dude on the internet, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, there's this thing called tact that mm -hmm. people are yeah. supposed to have in this situation. Maybe, I don't know, exercise a little empathy for what Sean <laughs> is going through. I mean, yeah. yeah, the world is falling apart around you, but it wouldn't kill you to try and put yourself in Sean's shoes. It will kill you if you stand by the window, but that's an entirely different minute. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I think where he really failed was broaching the subject of Barbara turning by pointing a gun at her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are many mm -hmm. wrong ways to bring that up, and I think pointing a gun at her was probably number one. Yeah. Worst yeah. way yeah. to bring up that subject. I mean, Which it's is, just, yeah. a, just the worst timing, you know? Like, <laughs> everyone is crying and sad that Barbara just died, and he cocks a gun and is like, get out of the way. <laughs> insane yeah and is there any kind of consistency on how long it takes people to turn is it predictable that it's going to be a few minutes well we've only seen we've only seen so far on screen we've only seen philip turn and it was fairly instantaneously like it was, it was pretty fast even for a zombie movie. yeah it was like within 30 seconds of him dying he was he was back right so from that point of view David was very right and mm -hmm. to just go at it full bore. No mm -hmm. time for discussion. We need to shoot her right now. Right. Yeah. I can't believe I'm yeah. defending him. Such an <laughs> asshole. I mean, he could still be less of a prick about it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, he could. <laughs> Besides, I thought he was a pacifist. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of men like David, uh, you know, as soon as you give them any sort of power, in this instance, a gun, uh, they turn into something else. That happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just it, it's so crazy how and, and this has kind of been a, a running theme, certainly during this film. And I can only see it getting stronger as we move on through the trilogy. Edgar Wright is just such a he has such a deft hand at writing social sci fi. Mm -hmm. Where he he he's just able to say such you know like, like the thing Scott said about well you give a certain kind of man a, a power a gun is such a simple basic tool of like symbol of power and giving it to I don't know it's like God this guy's like could really make like a solid like Wicker Man movie but he kind of already <laughs> has yeah they're just funny <laughs> right it's true 
Yeah. Okay. So this, so this Mexican standoff, you know, we have this great gag and it works. It works great, right? You have Sean breaking a bottle, aiming it at David's neck. And then Ed is like, I'm going to join in. And he breaks a bottle and puts it at David's, uh, David's neck. And then Die points out that this isn't fair. So Ed gives her his bottle and then grabs a corkscrew from the bar. Um, and <laughs> like, I, I love that gag, but it's it's interesting because um, the script and I think it works well. And I think I think what happens in the script would probably be uh, maybe a little too much, but it's funny to like imagine, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, in the in the script, the way that that's different is that Ed doesn't also break a bottle. Uh, he he gets a dart um, and <laughs> aims it at David's neck. And then when. Uh, when die says that isn't exactly fair, he picks a pool cue off the floor and hands it to Diane who breaks it over her knee and, 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 and aims that at, at, at Sean. But when Ed sees her aim the broken pool cue at Sean, uh, she, he smashes another bottle and holds it at Diane's throat. So he's got... <laughs> So he's got a bottle at Diane's throat and a and a dart at David's neck and like I mean just like it would look like a game of Twister and it's it's really yeah, funny yeah. to picture but I think maybe on screen maybe it wouldn't work as well. It's, in, it's like, like one step too far. Yeah, <laughs> I love the idea that she breaks the pool cue over her knee because yeah. that would kind of foreshadow in the next minute she claims a little bit of power. She admits what she knows and she admits that she is living with it and dealing with it like a grown up. So breaking that pool cue over her knee would have added to the power that she gains in tomorrow's minute. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and just and, 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 and yeah. just and just in general, just like the power that she sort of regains as a character in the next few minutes. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, she. It's like she's finally taking control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in the next few minutes until she's finished in the movie, she finally takes control. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, I, I, I guess we were so distracted by by Barbara slowly bleeding out and dying over the course of the last few weeks, uh, that we 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 I, I think Nick, you and I, we just sort of forgot that like Diane's not gonna be in this movie much longer. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I I I uh, I'm really bummed by that because she's become kind of a favorite for us. She's uh, definitely been the MVP of, of this of this rewatch of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely the the character that maybe I never disliked, but it was just like not a favorite. But going back through this minute by minute, I was able to really we were able able to catch all the fucking genius bets that Lucy Davis would just toss out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Diane is always just so on the periphery of things. Like, she's mm -hmm. there for just about everything. And she's always got something meaningful to contribute. It's just she never pushes people aside to steal the spotlight. And even in that one scene that you guys already talked about where she's doing the acting coaching with how to be a zombie, it's not like she forced her way into that. They just kind of all looked to her for that expertise, and she filled that role. And I mean, right. she doesn't go out like a chump. I mean, spoiler alert, David goes out like a chump, but we've all seen this movie. But Diane, 
She goes out like a hero. Well, she doesn't go out at all. Um, she goes out of the movie, but she does survive. She gets out there, climbs a tree, and survives. Really? Um, yeah. According the the special features, they come with little animated shorts, like uh, loose ends. Yeah, little loose ends, and one of those is what happened to Diane. And yeah, she gets out there and realizes that, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? He's I'm obviously delighted dead. to hear that. Yeah. yeah, and then climbs a tree and survives. Yeah. That is excellent. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. It's always, uh, it's a satisfying watch just being like, oh, good. She's okay. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like, that's 90% probably the reason why they made that, but yeah. it's still comforting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, there was also like a really good one about how Ed made it out of the Winchester and they, the actors get to narrate their loose ends. Right. And I got, I'm going to get it wrong, but there's one part where Nick Frost, like, luckily, the man who fell on top of me was a fat old fuck. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're worth finding on your DVD or, or on YouTube. Uh, yeah. People at home. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the other detail that I love um, in this, just from like, you know, I mean, David's, David's a shit. He's always been a mm -hmm. shit. He'll he'll be a shit until the second he dies. Um, but uh, Dylan Moran's performance as David is so perfect. And this bit where he he refers to Sean, he almost just it's like he's rolling around in it. He says, your ex, mm -hmm. because he just <laughs> wants to emphasize that you aren't dating him anymore. <laughs> and he probably doesn't even realize that he's saying it. It's so like. I don't know if this is the right use of Pavlovian, but like, you know, it, it just slips out because, of course, that's always at like the forefront of his mind. Right. That's like, how did this this loser get the love of my life? Yeah. Well, and not only that, but just like at the forefront is that Liz is single and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want to fuck fuck that up. He wants to get her. Um, and uh, obviously that was never going to happen, but uh, he likes to think it was. And, 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 you know, he's just constantly reminding her and, and really anyone who will listen that they have broken up and that they are not <laughs> together anymore. And it, it is, it is sad. Like an alien visiting from earth could go into this room and know to sense that Dave and Liz have like no chemistry, Absolutely. but it's, it's a bummer, man. He's a bummer of a, he's a bummer of a, of a character. He really is. <laughs> and this and th that line that Sean says where he's like, that's what it's all about. He doesn't like me. And now he wants to shoot my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so perfect. It's just it's just this side of childlike. Yeah. But just like the idea of someone just, who's just like, I really don't like you. So I'm going to kill your mother. <laughs> oh, my God. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. And we should say Simon Pegg is just bringing it. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. For a lead, he is laying it on very thick, but mm -hmm. appropriately. I, I remember, thick. definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, if it you, this is how you would imagine you would feel if you were holding someone like your mother, or whoever you have a relationship with, you know, as she's turning into a zombie. And and I remember watching this movie for the first time, and you know, when I was a teenager, and even then, being like, you don't have to be this good in a, in a comedy, but he is, mm -hmm. and thinking that was really exciting. And, and, you know, on top of everything else, like when you, when you look at the script and you look at this argument, um, there is after the, uh, after the, the Mexican standoff, you know, action happens, uh, 
everything else is just dialogue. Like it's just two pages of nothing but dialogue. And there's no emphasis. There's no exclamation points. There's no anything. It's just flat dialogue on the page. Mm-hmm. And they turned that flat dialogue into this scene that just deftly mixes high drama with high comedy within milliseconds of each other. And I don't know how, I don't know how you do this. This is, this scene is like a little miracle. Um, I don't know how you can do something this dramatic and this, you know, th- I mean, you're, you're watching this man, this grown man cry because another guy wants to murder his mom and you're laughing at, you know, a weapon exchange and it's just, it's crazy. I, you know, I'm really, I'm just in awe of this scene to be totally honest. I think one of the reasons why the comedy in this scene works is because we've been spending 78 minutes with these characters so far. Here we are in the 79th minute and we are very well familiar with how each one of them behaves in this little, you know, microcosm that we've been spending time with. And so when Ed hands her that broken bottle, that's completely within Ed's character. That's something that we can envision him doing. And so, yeah, it's funny because it's absurd that you would give someone else a weapon so that they can hold your friend at, you know, shattered glass point. But at the same time, we know these people. We want these people to survive. And we're able to release a little bit of tension without releasing all of the tension in the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and it's all it's all coming back to, like, character. And, you know, like, when, when, when yeah, like, when, when, when Ed hands Diane, like, his beer bottle and then grabs a new thing, it's just like those little, like, they still have their decency. Like they they haven't lost their tact, even even if at that point it kind of seems a bit outrageous. But yeah, it's it it just feel it somehow feels honest. Which again, yeah, like you said, goes back to us knowing these characters so well at this point. Mm-hmm. I also like how the bottle handoff is able to address that. You know, Sean has Ed, and Diane is there to back up David, and they're all very clearly on sides here. But we're still focused on that one confrontation between David and Sean. We don't get sidetracked by the separate issue between Ed and Diane. They almost dissipate their issue very quickly so we can remain focused on what is important in this scene. Right. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man. It's a, it's a really good scene. Yeah. I do uh, have a little bit of an issue with David's idea that... One zombie Barbara could take all of them out. Yeah. <laughs> he very clearly says she's going to come back and she will kill all of us. And I'm like, will they? Th- will she, though? Will she? <laughs> she'll <laughs> try. So? She'll want to. Yeah. She'll certainly want to. That's. But yeah. Will she succeed? Uh, I mean, the guy, the zombie that was uh, that was, you know, it's like twice her size. They they managed to take out. I mean, it took exactly. a while and a, and a choreographed dance number, but it, it worked out. It <laughs> happened. Well, if two of the remaining group have an aversion to harming Barbara, mm. then she may be able to run amok and Sean and Ed won't let anybody hurt her. Um, 
Gamak, 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 gamak. Sorry. <laughs> That's I really true. Focus here for a second. <laughs> That's very true. That's a good point. Um, it depends on how deep in denial they are. Mm-hmm. When Which she turns. I mean, Ed will do whatever Sean does. And Sean, Sean has had a very rough day. Mm-hmm. He made a connection with his father and decided, okay, yeah, you really are my father. And then immediately lost his father. And now he has lost his mother. Yeah. So he's had he's a He's becoming day. an adult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If, All in one day. If that's what it takes to become adult. No wonder I still feel like a child. <laughs> <laughs> Not until you watch both of your parents. <laughs> succumb to a zombie plague. Succumb, succumb to zombieism. Say, it's one thing to see them die. It's another thing to see them come back and try to kill you in return. You know, yeah. I don't know if we've, I don't know if we've brought this up on the podcast, but I know in the moment, I'm surprised by thinking Philip is still in that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he sure is. And he could in, vi- in, yeah. p- in peaceful quiet because he managed to turn the radio off. <laughs> he probably there's, climbed there's... into the driver's seat. Yeah, drove away. <laughs> <laughs> drove away. Yeah. We know that zombies can, at the very least, somewhat operate a wheelchair. Yeah. So there's nothing to say that Philip couldn't crawl his way into the front seat yeah. and just by muscle memory start driving that car. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that's kind of we we had this we have this theory that whatever was so part of your subconscious routine in life, mm-hmm. you know, kind of you know that point where you're dreaming about what you do at work. Um, oh no. It, yeah, it's like if that's kind of what remains of you when you're a zombie. Oh crap. <laughs> Which is why, like, so that, you know, this zombie is still able to work a wheelchair because at that point it's like, yeah, like you said, like such a muscle memory. Well, that does uh, explain why Ed is able to play video games yeah. once he's right. zombified. Right. There's really uh, no reason to believe that Sean couldn't have a post-zombie relationship with Philip. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, Philip you're, would... you're talking about muscle memory and, and him driving a car, and I'm just getting a mental image of uh, of zombie Philip, like, putting on driver's gloves and a little hat. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's funny, because I imagine zombie Philip crawling his way out of his car, going home, and just sitting down in that chair that we initially found him in. <laughs> just just turning back on the TV. Sitting there and scowling. <laughs> he would be the zombie that is able to scowl <laughs> watching religious television <laughs> that line in particular like she's gonna kill us all is uh maybe maybe overplaying it a little david especially in this movie. if it was 28 days later i would just be scared of everything yeah that's true <laughs> but enough. yeah they're already slow mm-hmm. and barbara's you know i don't want to make judgments but i don't think barbara was super active in her final years days i don't think she was ever yeah she just was not the brightest bulb in the pack (laughs) you know she just not the sharpest knife on the christmas tree yes (laughs) (laughs) she got by on kindness i think kindness and just raw maternal energy yeah (laughs) yeah barbara would be the sort of zombie who would chase down a living person but instead of just consuming them herself she would like Take care of them? Take No, not take care of the person. Take care of the other zombies around her and like Aww. dish up. Okay, here's, you know, a part sandwich. of an arm. Here's a leg. Oh, you know, zombie come on, dearie. I've got, I've got human here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Actually, Rick, Barbara kind of reminds me of your mom. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, she's the kind of mom who, oh, are you hungry? No, as a matter of fact, I'm not. Okay, I'll make you a sandwich. Yeah. She's that kind <laughs> of mom. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's, 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 uh, I mean, that's literally uh, an exchange in this movie between Barbara and Sean. Yep. So, so that's perfect. Um, all right. Well, I think, I think that's all, all I've got for this, uh, this particular minute. Um, got some, got some more, uh, standoff material for tomorrow's mm-hmm. minute. Um, why don't you guys, uh, you know, you're, you are not, uh, unfamiliar with the, uh, the world of, uh, post-apocalyptic wastelands. <laughs> That's very true. The post-apocalypses that we are familiar with take place half a world away and are of a decidedly non-zombie nature. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> because... <laughs> As you mentioned at the top of the show, we are the hosts of the Mad Max Minute, and we love talking about the gas shortages and raider problems and massive explosions, and eventually we'll get to the point where we get to talk about gunfights, but in the movies that we've talked about so far, the first Mad Max from 1979 and Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior, there's been an awful lot of gun pointing, but half the time those guns aren't loaded. Mm. So if people are interested in... Joining us on that wasteland adventure, they can find our website at madmaxminute.com. We are on iTunes and Google Play, so whichever one you like, you can find us there. On Twitter, we're at Mad Max Minute. On Facebook, our listener group is Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. And we would love if people would join us for our adventure through Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome come April. Awesome. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely go check that out. Um, And uh, we will be back with uh, Rick and Julia tomorrow. Uh, But in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. (laughs) 